everybody. It's Inside LAFC, episode... 10. 10? Yay! 10, Maestro, the number 10. That went by quick. Yeah, it did. That is uh, Vince LaRosa, a.k.a. LAFC Vince. I am Max Spredos. Glad to uh, spend some time with you here. Uh, reminder to... Uh, Subscribe and leave notes and reviews here. Uh, leave notes. It's not notes. Leave comments. We've been that. getting more yes. more comments, more reviews. We've got to have a sit down and talk about that. Yeah. They've been glowing. Good. It should be glowing. So this is good. This is well thought out. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for the subscriptions. Thank you to all the OGs that have been here for 10 episodes, plus the back-to-back podcast, plus the locker room of Walker Zimmerman, plus the family of LAFC pod family of podcasts. I mean, correct. there's um, 24 hours of... LAFC content for you. If you and need and it. I, beta time is back. So Stephen Betasher basically has his SAG card. He could he could be a working personality slash actor, voiceover person in Los Angeles. Congratulations, Beta. You he's, did it. He's coming for you, Bredos. Is that what this is all about? Yep. Is that what this is all about? I'm, gr- I'm grooming your replacement as we speak. <laughs> it's a ten year project. I hope. Hopefully, it's not a one year yeah. project. He's a little rough around the edges, but you know. Yeah, he's going to be kept busy. Hopefully well into November. Yeah. So beta. But still, well done. The beard looks good. Everyone's doing great. So much great content here and so many great things on the horizon as well. But you're at the right place inside LAFC. And uh, let's get right into it. Yeah. Uh, Seattle, back-to-back games. Weird game. Weird game. So LAFC completes their back-to-back with the Sounders. They get four points, which I think at the beginning of these two games, you'd be pumping your fist uh, and saying, okay, we did good. Um, The way this game went... LAFC would be disappointed not to have six points and put Seattle somewhat in their rearview mirror at this early stage, which is amazing because they were an unbeaten team just a couple weeks ago. And here we are. So, um, uh, by the way, it's going to happen again with LAFC. They have games with FC Dallas coming up in May in about a five-day. So this is a phenomenon happening. I'm sure other teams are dealing with it as well. But it was a weird game, uh, heavily officiated by, by necessity in some cases. And... One one early, and then and there we just sat and watched. So it was. I think there's a lot good to take about. One thing I I, I would say, and I'll, I'll put the ball in your court here, is LAFC looked better on an artificial surface than they did the last time we saw it, and I think that's important because they're gonna. I don't think they have a whole lot of games on uh, on turf coming up, but they do, and they could have some in the postseason as well. I actually looked into that. Two matches remaining on turf. That's not bad. New it's England and Portland. New, okay. So thank goodness Portland for that. Wins, that's their new home opener too. So you would imagine. That, it's going to feel very grassy. That game's going to be nuts. It's going to feel grassy. Very, I wish it. I, it I wish they had grass there. But, yeah, I'd agree with you. It won't feel like a, a parking lot. Well, yeah. I mean, so Maybe. what What I've been told is that Seattle's surface is one of the better turf surfaces. Yeah, I don't know what that means. But I guess if you can say the eye test, it showed because the LFC looked a lot better on it aside from – right. Well, this is good for LAFC because uh, the challenging situations on the road, they've gotten some out of the way, a couple on artificial turf, and then the Yankee Stadium game, rearview mirror. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think when you look at it and when you look at Bob's comments after and how kind of you, you'd think he'd be upset because his team wasn't able to find that goal, but some t- sometimes it's just not going to be your day, one. But two, the movements and the combinations to look to find those goals, at least they were there. So he could have been a lot more upset, I think, you saw him that Vancouver game a lot more upset, not because of the result per se, but because of the process. Yep. And the process was there for LFC, but again, look, there's going to be days where you have a wide open net and it's just not going to fall for you. And I think I, the first thing I thought after that game is what, what does a manager do in that moment? 
Like what as Bob Bradley as head coach, is he is he gonna yell at his squad for not for wasting opportunities or does he tell them, you know, hey guys, this is just chalk it up to your day and I I, I kind of guess that he would have came out and been the way he was in the preference comments, but you can never tell. I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird dichotomy to be, it's a results-driven business. So yeah, three points, especially if it could have been six points against a direct rival, you need that. But you can't, I just, I just, you got to, it's a long season, you got to man-manage, you can't hammer guys No. when you have that kind of. He picks his spots really, I think really well whether it's to challenge his team to challenge officials here he was very complimentary i think afterwards for the sounders i think initially when you see their tactics change because of the red cards you go maybe he's going to be in but but that's the right course for seattle when you're down a man and i think he's he was complimentary of their hard work i think with the chances christian ramirez is one comes up and you know he was asked about that and he says the team has a lot of confidence in him and that he's been playing really well which i think you can say no one's more upset about that than ramirez for a game, a goal that could have won the game, but there were a lot of chances. There were there were there was a lot of good buildup that just didn't lead to those either goals or really guilt edge goal scoring opportunities. Well, I think you nailed it on the head when you said Christian knows that that yeah. was a big opportunity. He tweeted I mean, about it. Yeah, uh, he, he did tweet about it. I would say I'd rather not see him tweet about it because he. I think I would agree with you. It's it's, a, it's just that it, I think I'm always from the book. It's. It's in the past. Let it go. Well, the only reason I don't want him to tweet about it is this. There's going to be people that are going to hammer you to no, to no end, and they're not going to care what you tweet. But to the people that are saying things, like this guy knows more than anybody what it means and what that goal means. He's not, he's not letting it go easy. I think that's what he's trying to show, but we, we know that, Christian. We yeah. know that about you. Um, there's been no moment at any time, even when he's been scoring goals, that he's taken anything lightly here. So I think that's another reason why if you're Bob Bradley, you're like, what, what am I going to hammer a guy for what he already knows? Yeah. And Bob, with the guys that, you know, he is, along with John Thorne, he picked out that fit well in the system, they've done well. And Christian Ramirez has just that tucking away here. He does have a couple goals on the season. Uh, but we'll say, let's talk about the officiating. I think we hear a lot from folks that uh, they say LAFC is being aided by uh, red cards. They've had five red cards called against them in games. Opponent, LAFC opponents have picked up five red cards uh, the opener against Sporting, second game against Portland, uh, Real Salt Lake, all, all three of those games at home, then D.C. United, and now the Seattle game. And all the goals, all the, the previous red cards happened in the second half. Some happened before a goal that LAFC scored, Sporting Kansas City, Real Salt Lake. So, yeah, maybe the red cards aided them there. I don't think that's something you can say. The other games, I think the result was, I don't think, the result was already taken care of. And in this one, we saw how, and we talked about it before we started the podcast, where a red card doesn't really help LAFC because they were doing, their, their game plan was going well. And then LA, then Seattle now has to drop back Lodero and Morris, and it's a different situation altogether, which I certainly made LAFC uncomfortable. Yeah, the red card almost turned Seattle into their one of their Cascadia counterparts in Vancouver, right? Right, yeah. And LFC... And you can't fault them for that. 19th minute, you'd be a lunatic to say, yeah. hey, we're going to play this way. You've got to change your tactics. You've got to change your tactics. And But Seattle is one of those handful of teams that you would say, when they go up against LFC, and this is why these games are fun to watch, they're not afraid to play. Uh, LFC is also more than willing to play with anybody and would prefer you play with them. Like, they want to go toe-to-toe with you. They don't want to spend 80% of the possession trying to break down a bunker team. That's just 
it's not fun. It's really not fun. It's not yeah. fun to watch either. I mean, it's just horrible for the game. So I would say the red card did help is not the word, but it, it definitely it forced it Brian Schmetzer yeah. to change tactics. He even said after the game, the red card, what it did was two things. One manager had to get creative, which Bob Bradley did, putting Latif Blessing at right back, saying, okay, they're going to play narrow. I, I might as well get some width, and they're not putting men forward, so why not put Latif there anyways? And it it showed it was a good tactic. Yeah. I mean, Latif is the one that created that, that chance for chance, Christian yeah. Ramirez. And then Schmetzer, on the other hand, says, well, what I can do is say, hey, guys, let's let's just bunker down. Let's throw Let's just say, hey, whatever happens, happens. Don't be worried about mistakes. Pick up your teammate. Go out there. And they did. It's funny. They went exactly down those lines. I feel like a 1-1 was, was fair. Yeah. I think it, it, and again, I, I think uh, when we, we look back at some of these results, the Cincinnati result, we're like, oh, the LAFC didn't do this. They, they, got a, they won the game. And mm -hmm. Seattle, you've got to be frustrated that eh, this didn't go the way. And you get a tie at one of the best teams, safe to say, Major League Soccer this year or the last few years. And that bodes well for LAFC because things aren't going well, but they're not taking L's. Nope. They are having losses. They're having wins where they don't feel completely fulfilled and results here as well. Uh, I get your thoughts on that, but hey, did you, did you think it was a, a red, that first one against Roldan? I do, o only because, first of all, anybody watching that play in slow motion and continuing to go on and on about Edward falling, stop it. Yeah. Watch anything in slow mo and it looks like it's acting. But just stop it. But I, I'd say... If you get hit out of the blue, I don't think... That's not acting on twist. I don't think it was face, for me, but I'm, I'm not going to argue about it. Well, in way. the face, in and around his eyes, yeah. I would say that's why you get a weird reaction. You know, get hit in the face and then get take like a poke to the eye. Yeah. It's one of those like delayed things. But that's the directive. That's the only thing I say about those kinds of things is, well, you know, if you get put in that situation, I know that it's not right. I mean, sometimes the rules aren't fair, but you got to just... Do whatever you can to stay away from an opponent's face yeah. because anytime you put that decision into the referee's head, he's going to have to and they, they are step up. By the book, if a blow to the face or anything of that nature is is a red card. I don't, I don't know if it was all intentional, but you can't put the ball in the referee's court there. I thought Seattle probably should have got a red card somewhere along the lines with Kim Kihi. Kim Kihi he deserved one. Probably deserved one. Um, they did... Uh, Ladero did a few things that were... Uh, late. Oh, we said five. There are two red cards there, so... Was it Ladero that blasted the ball into his own yeah. stands? Not a, not a good look with yes. uh, what's going on lately in MLS. There was a, dice, there was a dicey tackle. If we keep going, we're going to get a one-star review from anyone who, who listens yeah. to us from Seattle. Sorry, Seattle. Uh, uh, but uh, Segura was about to play out in that last play of the game, that last sequence, and it was the other Roldan who came in really hot. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't get a clear look at but the reaction of Segura suggests he got a lot of Segura and not a lot of the ball. So it was it was pretty gnarly game. When they were going to bring in Alex Roldan, I asked, could they maybe just bring back Christian and no one would know? <laughs> they look eerily similar, but I would say this to bring my – so I can get – I was talking about NFL. If your team's really bad, just put like a, a great player's helmet. They can't see who's yeah, that would never there. Know. I mean – to, to try to win back my Seattle people, I didn't want you guys to get red carded. I want, no. I, you wanted an 11-on-11 11 11 game. These are the two of the top teams in MLS, probably two of the top three teams in MLS. I wanted to see a good game. I thought, look, I was obviously very much happier of the two in the, L, for the game in L.A., 4-1, but it was a good game to watch. It was two teams trying to do stuff. Very good. So we wanted to see that again. And to me, and if you read my takeaways, I, I say this too, I wasn't happy with the match in general and not just because they couldn't find the winner but because it was like four minutes two goals just craziness red card 18th minute then a bunch of you know just probing and prodding and bunkering 
and then a crazy minute at the end, and then match over. Wow. I mean, it wasn't a good match to watch. It was just no. bookended by sheer craziness. By the way, uh, moving forward, uh, LAFC's – have you seen the latest MLS power rankings? Are we not the number one? We are number one. Okay. Number two is the Galaxy. And then three, four, and five are the two Texas teams and the Sounders, so all in the Western Conference. It's going to make things very difficult. I don't think that's going to change too much. I think a couple teams in the East will emerge – yeah, uh, well, maybe Toronto. When you have Atlanta down, maybe Atlanta. Red Bulls down. Toronto seems okayish, but Josie Altador is going to be out for a little bit. We'll see how they handle that. DC has shown that they're bobbling. So yeah, the the class is yeah. definitely in the West. Oh, congrats to Josie. Uh, engaged. Engaged. Very good. So um, power couple. We don't want to get too much on it because I don't know. We it's it's worth previewing. LAFC's coming back home, which is great news. Taking on the Chicago Fire, who's only got two wins, struggling, lost to Montreal. So. What do you, what do you the, make of the Chicago Fire? It's, I, I, I'm intrigued because they have guys like Alexander Katai, who's a good player individually. Does he work in the – we obviously have Bastian Schweinsteiger, who's up there in years, but still a, a quality player. Walter Katan is a guy uh, I, I, I've always admired, but how does it work? Right now you're like – It seems to be a mismatch. It's a miss. It is. Of, of good players with some technical ability like Schweinsteiger, but maybe you're on the older side. Um, and players that it, it's they seem very top heavy, right? To me, and and if you are trusting your midfield to Dax McCarty and Bastian Schweinsteiger, and I like Jordy Mahalovic, but he's young, um, and he wants to press forward more. But if you're trusting those three to defend our midfield trio, yeah, I'm just I'm thinking there's gonna have to be some tactic change if I'm, uh, I can't I can never say Palovic I can never say his name. Right. Uh, Powell Paul. Ponovic. 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 We should know that. I'll be calling the game. It's on YouTube TV. That's Max, the reason we'll to get back. excited about it. It's back on YouTube TV. If you have YouTube TV, join us all afternoon. If you don't get it, you get 70 channels, unlimited DVR. It's a great service. Even if you already have cable or something else, just for your phone, walk around. Yeah, it's a replacement for your cable. <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the million time. I can't yes. believe I have to tell people this over and over again. Don't get both. Get one. But you have that process where you go from one to the next. I get it. That's fine. Um, That's fair. Cutting the cord is such a, you know, it's it's like. Don't literally no cut the cords. Back. It's Don't cut the cords. Okay, these are bad this, jokes. Hey, this is a revenge game, too. I mean, Chicago beat them last season. This is a revenge game. So there's a lot there. Yeah, and they've uh, so far executed on all their revenge games leading up to the season. Yeah. So you'd like to see them continue the trend. Um, being at home. Uh, yeah, just. I, I, I need something to wash the taste of this last match out of my mouth because it was just not – it really was not palatable to watch at all. Yeah. And just the – I would say it could have been worse. The sunshine on that on that turf, which is so bright. I can say, I, I feel like I needed sunglasses while I was watching. I, there's just so many things I did not like about the match. I'd like to see you watching games with sunglasses on. I think that would be a good look for you. And maybe on this podcast. Maybe, yeah, maybe next week. I'll I, got, I got my new LAFC hat. I'm in, fitted. I'll wear it next week so you can see. I got this shirt. You won't. You'll forget. That's an old shirt. Is it? I think so. Well, it feels feels new to me. Feels new. The jacket's new. <laughs> the jacket's new. Uh, all right. So, by the way, it would be great to have a good Chicago team in Major League Soccer. So, we'll see. But that's not going to happen this year. No. When we return, we have had the one-year anniversary of the opening home game at Bank of California Stadium. So, we're going to share our top five moments. Uh, that was very difficult because there's been so many. Some on the field. Some at the bar. <laughs> Some on the streets, some in the store. Yep. 
There's a lot of places to explore there, certainly. And a little bit later, something happened in the world of soccer, which has everyone talk. We're going to give you our thoughts on fair play and where it stands. This is Inside LAFC. We'll be right back. We're back at Inside LAFC. It's Max and Vince here, and we've already looked back and looked forward to what's on tap for LAFC. And now we look back again to April 29th, 2018. What a night. It's what, been a year. It's been a year. I actually I looked through my phone because I was looking for photos that we've taken over the years, and all these memories in so many days inside the stadium. I was at that stadium twice yesterday. I mean, obviously, there's nothing going on. But just and you're there all the time. It's just a, it's really become a second home, and because of its size, you uh, you we walk in there and do some work, pull out our laptop, walk around, go to the store, have lunch there. It just feels like almost an office space, a really fancy office space. Yeah. Well, I had the pleasure of working on one piece of content uh, this past week at the stadium with uh, a few groups of fans that came through. Uh, we basically sat them down in their seats the night of February 29th, 2018. And just kind of talked with them, talked them through the whole night, the what it was like to be there, what it was like to walk through those doors. And I'm still finding myself finding little places around the stadium that I haven't uh, really been at discovery. before. And just seeing and, and sitting, like sitting with those people and being like, these are your seats. Yeah. These are fantastic. And they go, yeah. well, you work here, don't you? I'm always in the press box, yeah. man. I never get to. We gotta, we gotta move. I've started getting out of that press box a bit. You know, press box is good, and you get all, all the all the materials you need. But running down, but we've done it too because you get down to do your interview on the field right before so you the get end to of the match. Experience yes. that, and by the way, that is unbelievable. Getting down there right when the game ends, especially when 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 LAFC wins. But going through the field club, going to the other side on the east side of the stadium uh, to the Figueroa Club, there is. As, as intimate as it is, there's little spots for everyone. And you, you, you made a really good point about people sitting in their seat for the first time saying, I'm going you know, to have a lot of great memories here. This yeah. is where I'm going to sit. Well, the, the best part about doing that was asking the question, how did this set the tone? And they were like, well, we thought that there was nowhere to go higher from here. And it just keep, you just kept having more and more moments. And so that, I guess, is a good segue to uh, a piece that I wrote uh, uh, just this morning uh, that came out. My top five moments at Bank of California Stadium for the year. Not, not the season, the year. So from April 29th, 2018 to 29th, 2019, I put together five. I'm going to guess a lot of our five will probably uh, interweave. Yes. Inter Mine were by and large game related, but there was some good. Uh that is the one caveat. So I made sure that mine were pitch related only because there's just there, it would be too hard for me to pick between the new chants that have been created, Jump for LA Football Club, the, the call to 100%. arms this year, um, the different nights we had, Pride Night, uh, Ladies Night, uh, Navy Seals coming from the sky. <laughs> uh, you know, the, every, every every home match. Well, that plays into the home. Of, by the way, the Navy Seals were awesome. I, and then they were, I saw them land. They started the day. And then they were, they were I popped in the director's box to say, I, hey, congratulations to the guys. They were in there. And then I went into this. I was at the sunset deck and it was like, everyone's going to close it up. And I go, the last two guys were the Navy SEALs. And I was like, well, you guys are awesome. Those guys and know. They go, we had the best time. Those guys know how to party. Yes. Remember, uh, I think the last home game down at Christmas Tree Lane, Ozo Motley playing and all the fans. It was just so many great moments and memories just filling in the coffers of your day-to-day -day routine. 
Yeah. So, okay, let's... There's so, obviously, we could probably drag on here because it's very busy, but you go ahead and give us your top five. So and my, I'll, I'll sprinkle in mine. Yeah, my top five. Uh, number five for me was uh, Return of Mark Anthony K. Uh, and I pinned that wow, specifically specifically as the goal against Portland. Uh, I rewatched the goal itself, but if you rewatch the moment after the goal, one, his celebration just goes nuts. Just running. Doesn't exactly know where to yeah. run, but just yeah. running. Um, and then Stephen Bateshore, and I even said this in the piece, grabs him and doesn't want to let go. And it, for me, it seemed it was like that moment of you're back, you're back on the pitch. I don't want to forget Good this. Call, Vince. I don't want to. I, I want to. You know, he, he was he was taken away in that season last season just so quickly. It was just kind of swept under the rug because what's oddly enough is he goes down injured. We score a goal against the Galaxy, and it's kind of like it's it's not like we forgot him, but it just the season moves on, and it moves on so quick. So to have Beta just kind of be like, hey, man, let's savor this moment. Yeah, um, bottle it, kid. To, yeah, to me, that was something something special. And I just, I'll always remember being in that press conference room when, when Bob Bradley came in and told us that, that Mark was out. It I, was, love, I love gathering in the press conference room. Yeah, it was one of those moments that um, I'll always remember it because it, it just kind of transcended the, the players for a moment. Um because he's just such a great guy, and, and fans know this. I'm not telling you anything you already know. So return the Mac, five. Uh, four for me was uh, the hat trick, the first hat trick, Bing California Stadium, Dio, uh, with Carlos gone, Marco Urania gone. Uh, Diego Rossi, actually, I forgot, did not play in that, that match. That was against Philly? Philly. Yeah. Diego Rossi didn't play in the match. Dio says, Dio says I got this. Hat wow. trick. First hat trick. And they were all different goals. Get I remember well, Dio. Yeah. Like to see you back in there. Remember him turning a guy for the first goal and just angling and you know one v one. So three for me, the rain game. How can we forget the rain game? Uh, just the just the craziness. Uh, watching supporters watch the Dodgers play during the in intermission That's on my and cheer. I'll touch on that Dodger game too, but that was surreal. Yeah, and then uh, and then obviously Carlos comes back and just decides I'll I'll take over this game. Says after the match, maybe I should play more games in the rain. Yeah, probably not, not going to you, Carlos. Yeah, probably not going to have that chance in California, but. Uh, we need some rain, by the way, in L.A. After that rush of rain a couple mm -hmm. months ago, we need some. And then two for me, I, you know, I vacillated. So I almost wanted to put this because personally for me, I was pitch side when Dio hit the goal against Sporting KC. Uh, I tried not to make it too much about myself, but Do it, this man. is about me. So <laughs> so I didn't switch it. I didn't completely switch it out because I couldn't. I could not. Number one is clearly Saman. Saman scoring the, the goal in the opener. I, I, I vacillated. I thought for a second that I was going to put Dio, but to me it's just because it, it – Two Dio, one – Two Dio, one is Simon, but I was going to put Dio as number one because for me it was, it was not just the goal and not just being pitch side, but it was the fact that it was a reminder that a lot of magic has happened at that stadium in a short Already? amount of time. We've There's had, ghosts in that stadium, baby. Four victories with goals, 89th minute or after, in a 365-day in a span. I mean, what teams would be lucky to get that in five years. 100%. Teams would be lucky to get three hat tricks from three different players in five years. Yeah. Ten years. Yeah. It's happened here. So Not necessarily all in the stadium, some on the road. So DO2, Simon number one, and I think for a lot of people it's going to be hard to dislodge that for a long time. Uh, eventually, though, the way that we are going, that that moment will have to move from number one because there's going to be a moment that's going to top it, whether it's yeah, an MLS the way Cup, it's coming in. a supporter shield, something's going to top it. Well, so Max, how hosting many MLS Cup at Bank of California Stadium, not far fetched right now. Hosting a, a Concacaf Champions League match there. I mean, these things it, it'll happen. Getting, getting that, getting that title for Major League Soccer of all these years. We'll see. All right, so 
I'll, I'll give this a shot. Uh, yeah, there are some duplicates, but there's some different things of what sticks out for me. I'm going to start at 5, and it was the game against Minnesota, May the 9th. And I'm going to make it about me and our YouTube TV broadcasting. That was our first home broadcast game. Uh, Angela Hughley's was our plus one. I remember every detail. I remember did our pregame show at the at the water, uh, this, the little pool. We don't call it a pool. It's a water feature. The water feature up there at Sunset Deck. Uh, it was very cool. It was very hot that day. And uh, just being able to do that, LAFC victorious, and just sharing that moment, seeing all the work that goes in, uh, was very cool. A midweek game that we were all a little nervous about because I right. believe it was the first midweek game packed. Yeah, and we do it. We're always waiting. And sometimes it was like, I think it was one of those things where it wasn't fully loaded, packed here. And then within an instant, you look up and it's full. Yeah. It's well, LA, if you baby. Ha- if you have the view from, from the press box where we did, which you didn't because you were in uh, doing the commentary, but you look and you wonder, you're like, man, it's, it's there's still a lot of people feeling. But then we looked at the gates over where that Los Angeles sign was, yeah, it was 30, 40 people. We deep. It was look, just amount of people. They just could not get in The northeast entrance enough. gates, you see people coming off Figueroa, pouring in, and it goes back and back. And just all, it's such a, I always love it because it's such a comforting feeling. Yeah. Uh, number four is the playoff loss to Real Salt Lake uh, last November. And uh, the reason I have it on, obviously, it didn't end well, but it was such a visceral feeling because you knew through, first of all, the, crowd, the stadium has never been that electrified. There was. It seemed like there was two people in every seat. It seemed like the thirty-two fifty-two was more like a seventy-six hundred. Quite frankly, closer to the yellow wall yeah, that it was uh, but, fashioned after. And there was stuff that was happening. You know, uh, stuff being thrown on the field. But I don't want to take anything away from it. It was just so intense, knowing the season would could possibly end, and it did. And just knowing that feeling of walking out the last time was so devastating because this was what, this was our every day, and we would get back into it sooner than we thought. But that was that's a memory that will stick with me for a long time. And I remember speaking to Stephen Bateshire. We tried to do an interview. He was just it was it wasn't a good interview because his emotions were etched on his face, and everyone was just feeling that way. And you could see the professionalism of him and how much it felt because he's he's always a happy-go-lucky guy, always smiling, and I've just never seen him like that. So that I will remember. Uh, number three was the game against Dortmund. Uh, it wasn't the most electric that we've seen it, but there was something about it. it was this event, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne, I believe, that was the game where Kevin De Bruyne, people were trying to get tickets, oh, right? Was no, that yeah, it? that was the game where everyone's like, hey, did you see Kevin De Bruyne? I was like, wait, excuse me, Kevin De Bruyne was here? He's like, yeah, he was just behind you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Another <laughs> heads up for these things, please. But that day more than ever, because there was a list of people that were there, and they were going, so-and-so's here, so-and-so. I go, what? what? Yeah. And I couldn't say, we can't grab everyone, but everyone was there, it seemed like, because they wanted to see it. But also there was Borussia Dortmund, and I've seen over the years covering uh, MLS, when you have these big European visitors come in, you can see them going through the motions. Yeah. They're like, all right, let's get our paycheck, let's, get, let's play a game, let's move on, it's the end of the season, we're tired. But there was this starry-eyed look, not only with the players of Dortmund, more so with those uh, in the front office or wh- wherever, whoever was the traveling group from Dortmund. This was a big deal for them. And you kind of saw it was in their eyes, and that was something they might share with people down the road. Yeah. Did you sense that? Oh, yeah. It well, was really cool. I've never felt that before with a European visitor. This is a big club. They had to have been you know, hyped up from us over and over. They're flying over. They're like, yeah, sure. Well, I'm sure it'll be fun. I'm sure it'll be yeah, fun. We'll and then in. they and then walked in. them. And we're like, oh, you guys have done something really special. Yeah, we want to come back. Oddly enough, we had, a, we had a meeting yesterday where there were some guys from the Bundesliga in our meeting. And they, they talked there a little go. bit about this where it was just they've never seen something so close to their fan-driven culture. 
which so that to that to them that is so important you know that that's model exact quote that's what he said yeah. that's what stood out when we, we, yeah that model in germany is so important so i think that's what it is like they they were like yeah it's la you'll have a fancy building that's fine yeah and, and we do and they came in for that, but I think they will have a tragically hip crowd. They were blown away to walk in the stadium, see that people were already in their seats, hear the chants, hear the noise from the locker room. I think they just yeah. couldn't, they couldn't believe they, they probably thought we were joking. And then they finally saw it for themselves. I think you make a good point because it breaks down barriers about how Los Angeles is viewed because L.A. is a real city. It's a working class. It's a melting pot of diverse groups from all over. And you see it at Bank of California saying where you don't see it in any other place. So I think that is a huge, and the city of LA should thank all those who gathered at Bank California saying for moments like that. Number two was uh, the October game against Houston with the lengthy rain delay, which ended up, we were there for four hours plus. I know. The, the one there is the Dodger game going on because a lot of stadiums don't want to do things like that because you're worried about safety, I think. I don't know how that would affect the safety, but when things like that happen, they shut everything down. They go, get out and we're, we'll, we'll resolve it. But they were very... Uh, forward thinking towards their fans is that these fans would like to see a Dodgers playoff game and they did so I remember our Ian Joy was our plus one on YouTube TV and he was involved in the other Houston game so he brought rain to both but it was just the fact that we hadn't had rain in the city and not only we have rain we had Lightning. El Nino kind yeah, of going through the, if you remember it wasn't the rain that was the problem yeah. it was because of lightning yeah. that we had to delay the game not the rain I Correct. mean although the, the rain, rain was I mean it was, was torrential but we would always get the warnings. Hey, there's more lightning in the air. Oh, jeez. And then, you know what? I didn't mind if it went another hour. Most of the time, I'm looking at my watch. I want to go home. But this speaks about this club and this team. I didn't want to. I, I want to spend all night there if that was the case. I was having so much fun. Yeah, it was fun to hang out with everybody. It yeah, was. it was. Everyone was in on it. Until Everyone the match else. ended, and then I yeah. realized, oh, I have work to do. And then Carlos Vela allowed us to, you know. He was fantastic put in it that to, match. It was beautiful. Number one, uh, for all the reasons, the opening game, and I think I, I did tweet about this, and I just want to reiterate it. I don't want to take too much more time on this, but walking in for the first time, but the, what I always felt was the familiarity of the place and how I had almost felt like I'd been there before. It, it, I, I don't know if that – it was, okay, uh, here we, it's like business, almost business as usual. We, it's like you put so much stock in that opening game, but it felt like this was just a chapter of this book, and we were – building on it and I just it felt like I, I deja vu was hitting me and maybe because I, I maybe I saw into the future but seeing same people like going knowing where to go and that same routine I've almost followed every time I've gone to the stadium get in the, the bank of elevator elevators there in that beautiful lobby right by HQ going up saying hi to person here saying hi to some security going through going to the press area coming down to the field club I do that same routine every time now what I think it hit all the right notes of what a a football match should be what a truce yeah. event should be and you can attest to this having gone to matches in Europe it kind of has that feel right like yeah. everyone seems to know each other hey we're back again it's another week let's do this another home match and so it's another one of those things that goes to similar with with the supporters where it's everyone's like well how does it feel like we've already been here for 20 years and it it, uh, it did feel like that if it because it's presented the way that your mind tells you hey this is how we're supposed to do it like finally, somebody's starting to get it right, and we're not the only ones that do it right. I, I don't, don't quote me on that. I mean, there are other teams. Sporting KC does a great job of their game day presentation and, and making it feel like a real football match from, you know, from countries that that have been doing it for forever. Um, but it's just surprising that from day one you walked in, 
and you f- you f- you felt that. So yeah. I, that's that's a cool point because I I couldn't that's put my finger on that, it. But that's what hit me. I'm like, God, this feels so, this feels normal, and I don't want to diminish it. And look, the goal was great, but it was was it the classic goal from LSC? No. I don't want to poo poo it here, but we got a little lucky. But You're thank get a goodness phone call it was from a Laurent Simon. Thank goodness it was scored, and Laurent Simon, whatever he put on it, credit to it because that changed the tenor, maybe for the whole season. I think so. Yeah, you have a one-one, and all of a sudden, yeah, let's party. You can't have a nil-nil. Yeah, would have been your opening match. Yeah, it would have been nil-nil. All right, and that's against you know the LFC the way they play. All right, so share your favorite memories with us. Leave a little comment on Inside LFC, and we'll maybe we'll pull out a couple next week and talk about it because I'm sure there's ones that we've overlooked. There's so many more. We're just you know scratching the surface here. Uh, when we return. Uh, a mo- big moment in the world of soccer has everyone talking, so we're going to address it as well. It has to do with fair play, what is inbounds, what is out of bounds. That's next on Inside LAFC. Max and Vince, Inside LAFC. We continue here, and there was a situation, can you call it an incident, uh, that happened in a game between Leeds United and Aston Villa. And before I go any further, I just want to make it known, this was a highly important game. This was in the English Championship. Leeds was in third, still with a chance for automatic promotion. Probably weren't going to get it. Aston Villa in fifth, both in the playoff positions. If you are unaware, making the Premier League from the Championship is... And the biggest jump in world soccer. I don't think financially you can't touch. It's hundreds of millions of yeah, dollars, it and it could add to more money and more money as long as you stay up. Yes. It's you know clubs get up and they don't go back down. Some come right back down. But and you don't want to be in those playoff spots. I mean, you do because yeah. you want a chance. But for Leeds especially, it's you a, want automatic. Leeds promotion. been really good. It's a so they forty six match season, and then you you make it to the top six, and if you're not in those top two spots, you got to slug it out right. again. And these are clubs, Villa came down, and they should never, they are the biggest club in the Midlands of England, in the area, Birmingham, which I think is second biggest city, right, or third biggest city in England. Yes. So there's a lot of pressure for them to come up. Leeds have been down for so long. They were the one of the big clubs of the north that have, everyone's Man, been I waiting. Leeds. This I is, I think, Leeds. yeah, well, Leeds the white made u- a Champions League semifinal yeah, just two decades white uniforms, ago. Harry Kuehl, Ian Harry Kuehl. Harry Kuehl was who's phenomenal. He, uh, who, Who's the Australian? Mark Vaduka. Mark Vaduka. Australian yeah. though. Kuehl, Kuehl as well. Yeah. Mark Vaduka. Just Ian towering. Hart. Ian Hart. Left back. Yep. Alan Smith. Yeah. Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> Sniffer Smith. Rio Ferdinand. It Rio was, was a, on it that was team. A, they overspent their means though. That's what happened. Uh, the, if you haven't read The Damned United, read it. It's about Leeds and kind of get a touch on how successful they were. Also a movie with Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, who did a great, that's made my favorite. I want to go watch that movie again. It's very good. Yeah. I just wanted to make you feel like it was a little bit more literate, and I was mentioning the book, but I actually saw the movie first, and then I read the book. <laughs> True story. Fair. All right, so big game. Leeds United Villa. No score. 72nd minute. Villa player goes down in the middle of the field. Referee doesn't blow it. Leeds players look at each other, uh, uh, clamoring around. Going, what do we do? So they don't play the ball out. Villa players stop playing, go, kick the ball out. Check on the player. Leeds player passes it to another Leeds player. Villa players are blowing their top, but they've almost to a man stopped playing. Pass inside, Leeds score. 
Villa players attack the Leeds player. Some of the Leeds players attack the Leeds player to talk about about, hey, fair play. The broadcaster goes on and on saying, uh, this is, you know, I'm, these weren't his words, but he was not happy with it whatsoever. Wasn't it the he said it was the worst thing he's ever seen. Something right? to that effect. This is the I worst mean, thing I've seen on foot. And I go, okay, been, pump the brakes, pal. Yeah, we don't want to bring him up, but there's been a lot of worse things in English football yeah. that have happened. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I think it's true. In the, in the English game, there's this separation. Of, this doesn't happen here. It does. It does. So I get your thoughts about it. And we t- we, we'll, we're teasing a little because we talked about this on the upcoming LAFC Black and Gold show, which you can see on YouTube TV. Us two and Mark Rogandino. And your thought on about the two sides, whether you're knocking out, and in the middle of it all, the referee saying, it's okay by me, you can do whatever you want, the ball's in your court. So I, I briefly touched on this in our, our YouTube Black and Gold show, and I, I want to touch on it more because being Italian, every time I watch a Champions League game, and invariably there's some kind of English commentator. Yes. We hear about dark arts, dark arts, Bring dark it. arts, Bring dark it. arts. The English seem to be the only cultural uh, league that believes that they're above gamesmanship. Yes. Which is the which now is the problem, which is where this kind of centers. Right. Which is and why the hypocrisy hypocrisy is, is part rampant. of this too because they, yeah, they've torn Bielsa apart all season for things that they do in just different fashions, and because he's a foreigner, and I I don't like that. There's something sinister about it. And, but the funny thing is, they, the English have been, like, this is just what they do, as if they're the arbiters of, of right. football. Remember, hey, we're bringing it home with the World Cup? Yes. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. But hey, I'll say this. This is, my, this is the key point. <laughs> Good. I love this, Vince. Bring it. It was the center forward. Yeah. The center forward is the one that went down in, in this. Why would you ever stop play for a center forward when you're the team that then has turned around? As that long as it wasn't not, a head injury and yes. the referee did, would have stopped it. Uh, referee would have stopped it. I mean, look, it, only t- it would have taken one guy to continue to play to stop the other guy. It's not, I mean, look, the guy continued to play, but it's not like he had this, like, a special, like, uh, pace to him or anything. He kind of was like, well, if you guys aren't going to get me, I'm going to just continue to make my way towards the goal. But it, they almost it, – it's classic English. They're so hell-bent on the principle that they forget about the practical aspect of it. And then on top of it, Bielsa actually goes out of his way to say, fine, let him yeah. score. He had enough. And gets and no score. And gets, gets, gets no credit for gets it. Gets no credit for it. I would have not let him score. No. I would have not let them score because those points still could have been valuable. Sheffield United ended up promoting, getting promoted, and I don't think the result would have made any difference. It would not have. I think the only thing he, he's thinking of smartly is, well, the health of my players. We're yeah. going to probably have to play in the playoff now. If I don't let them score, the kicks Genius. that they're going to take on the side, I mean, he doesn't care. Look, he does That's not care gr- about Vance, his own reputation. Another, you've had two fantastic points on this. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to add about some of the hypocrisy we hear from the English perspective. England played Colombia in the round of 16. And I, I, we're going off on a tangent here, but I think it's part of what bothers me about this. It's and pertinent. How you, it is pertinent how you put it. And John Stones afterwards, that's, I've never played against an opponent like that. It was appalling, and he was ripping the Colombian effort for maybe time-wasting and what's what. I watched that game, and I saw two English players take a dive to try and win a penalty. Crystal clear. Uh, I think Sterling was one. I want to say is it Lingard. I don't want to mention names because I don't want to get them wrong. But Regardless, you just did. But I just did. <laughs> disregard that. But there were two crystal clear dives in that game from England. So I go, if you were going to say that about Colombia, as maybe as unsavory as it may have been, and I would give John Stones that, 
when you live in a glass house, <laughs> you yeah. can't. You can't. So I want to hear less of that from this broadcaster. I know personally him. He probably was appalled by it, but you can't sit there. You've got to say, look, the days of this being this code of ethics, these unwritten rules of soccer, that you know, they're, they're gone. Um, this is not how we play anymore. And if you don't adhere to the new ways, you're going to lose games. You can't stop in the middle of a game to say, hey, wait, no, this is not how it's done. Yeah, sorry. It's kind of it, you. You don't dictate that now in the flow of a game. Well, again, and it, this is another point. There, these code of ethics. When did they ever actually exist? The game was brutal back yeah. then. It ask was Diego Maradona. Ask Diego Maradona how many kicks he took yeah. during the play and after the play. I mean, I'm not condoning the hand of God, right? But if you it was almost by necessity, watch, he would have thought. If, yeah, if you could watch that game from the first minute to the 90th minute, those English defenders were murdering him. They were brutal. Vince, you're speaking my language right now. Yeah, again, it's just That's England, we don't hear that part. England is both above and beyond the game, yet they're a part of it because, yeah, they dive too. Everyone dives. Like, yeah. it's, the sooner we can accept it as a part of the game, although we may not agree with it, the sooner we can get past right. it. And it seems like the rest of the world has, and England continues to say, oh, but wh- wh- what are we doing? We, right. and we're we know gentlemen. We, we know we have English uh, listeners, and we know you're gentlemen, and we appreciate how you view the game. We're just saying it's changed. So some of your own have changed with it. So let's just, we're not happy about it all. I don't want to see a handball to win, to help win a World Cup at some point. I don't. But there's things, they'll be policed here now. It's all getting better, but that's where we are. So don't give us a one-star rating because you may be upset. But I think it was important that we said it. Stop calling Italian players cheaters. <laughs> that that must it hurts stop. hurts me. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, No, go. Games. Hey, you got to get an edge. Got to get an edge. I'm sure if, it, if something like that led to bringing the, the cup back home, you would overlook it. You would overlook it. Yeah. Yeah? Did, did Fabio Grosso get fouled in Ooh. that Australian game? I don't know. But I'll, I know what did happen. Toti, Australia should have knocked. buried that penalty kick Australia should have knocked out Italy right then and there. It should have been over. Well, But they, they didn't. didn't. They didn't. It says a lot about the Italian wherewithal. All right. Let us know what you think. I think we gave you two really good talking points this week that you can leave comments, which we will share next week on Inside LAFC. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to all the LAFC podcasts. They are great listening. They're very well created and thought out, especially, yep. especially that of the players. I believe we have two, two. We have the locker room coming this week, and I think back-to-back even coming this week. So big, big week leading into another big home match. On YouTube TV. See, Thank I'm you. good at this. Yeah, you got to help promote it because it looks very time. self-serving for me. TV with Subscribe. Matt. Warren Barton, here's your plus one. Warren Barton's the plus one. Uh, Mark Rogandino, Javrina Catalina taking on the fire. We love being home, and uh, I think we're two for two at home games on YouTube. Everyone's everyone's got a good record. No, you have to, when you perfect. broadcast LAFC, you're all well, going to have a good record. We are perfect. The team's perfect at home. So, yeah, yeah, of course you are. Uh, Cincinnati and Real Salt Lake. And there's a fan fest in front uh, in at Christmas Tree Lane this weekend. If you're thinking, I think this is something we want to share. A lot of people think these games are all sold out. There are tickets available. Some really good prices, so go to LAFC.com for tickets. If you haven't been to a game, make this your first Cinco de Mayo weekend as well. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff to do, so this is a great time to check things out for the first time. We'll be around. Come and say hello, all right? Yep. Okay. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week.